Goff's three minutes. Your story. Cause knowledge is. Deuteronomy 23, verses 12 and 13, offers this practical advice. Designate a place outside the camp where you can go to relieve yourself. As part of your encampment, have something to dig with, and you relieve yourself, dig a hole, and cover your excrement. This 15th century BC passage may very well be the first known description of an outhouse. Now, outhouses are quite simply what they sound like, an outbuilding separate from living quarters to use the bathroom in. Most outhouses had a way to empty the pit. Others would be built so they could be removed from over a hole in the ground and the refuse burned and the building replaced. We're going to focus in this podcast on the American outhouse. The standard outhouse featured an open pit three to six feet deep. Outhouse was usually a three to four foot rectangle about seven feet tall. The number of holes in the seat bench inside the privy depended on the number of family members as well as their ages. Normally, one to three holes were on the seat. Hole sizes depended also on children because families were known to lose children down the holes where they could drown. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt played an important role in improving sanitation in our rural areas. Through the New Deal, specifically the Works Projects Administration, three-man WPA work teams replaced old outhouses in rural areas. An outhouse could be built in 20 hours at a cost of just $5 that included a concrete floor and screen ventilation. Over 2 million of these outhouses were built by the WPA during the New Deal programs. There's also the question of why do all outhouses seem to have moons on them? The answer is simpler than you'd think. American outhouse doors usually had a half moon or star on them. The crescent moon, symbol for the Roman moon goddess Luna, indicated a lady's outhouse. The circle or star was symbolic of the sun and the Greeks' male sun god Apollo. So since I don't have a whole lot of personal experience with outhouses, I wanted to bring in a guest speaker, our first guest speaker on the podcast, my dad, who growing up in Auburn, West Virginia, ended up uh, using an outhouse for the majority of his childhood. And uh, I just asked him to share a couple of his stories with us because uh, I've enjoyed them and want you to enjoy them. So here is my dad. Okay. Uh, A couple of things. I want to share with you is we had an outhouse out behind our house and had it until I was in college. Uh, So we did not have uh, inside facilities even until then. And one of the things we would do, you have to go out there in the winter time and it is very, very, very cold. And when you're sitting down on a very, very, very cold seat, you try to improvise with ways to remedy that. And one of the best ways to do it was to take a lot of toilet paper light it on fire, throw it down the hole, and then sit down real fast. And that way you would have a heated seat by the time you arrived. And then another story I'll share with you is uh, occasionally the outhouse gets full. And you don't dump it out, you move it. So what you do is you end up building a pit close by, and then you move the, the structure from one pit over to the other pit. And we had reached that point and had to move the structure. And uh, my cousins from Pittsburgh come down to visit as they always did. And they had the finer things like indoor plumbing. And uh, one of the things you do is you put lime and you do things to help this pit 
to decompose. So we would burn trash on it, put lime on it, do anything to kill the smell and to let it solidify. And one day we were burning trash there and my cousin comes down and uh, he decides he wants to be involved. So we tell him to, to light a long stick and light the trash and he thinks the best way is just to light the trash. So he steps out into the unknown to light the trash and fell in. And first he's up to his knees and then he's up to his waist. And he is sure that death is certain. <laughs> Screaming and yelling and crying. And he gets up to about his armpits and bottoms out. And we are just watching this occur and laughing our tail off as my dear cousin sinks into oblivion. But he stopped. And of course, we go on a rescue mission and find a rope and stuff and extricate him from the mire. And then he is so embarrassed and so upset that he begins to lay down in the grass and just waller and do anything to rid him from the smell and the, and the contents of the pit. And then everybody has a good laugh except his family who were horrified and upset that we're laughing at him but they always laughed at us for having an outhouse so those are my two outhouse stories I have many others it was a two-holer so you can have a social event there as well we've all probably used an outhouse at one time or another and many of us probably have similar stories either in person or from relatives about using an outhouse now the outhouse will forever be a part of our culture and lives even if they are newer and more stylized, as long as outdoor events occur, we will have the outhouse's travel-friendly contemporary counterpart, the Porta John. Class dismissed. This podcast, written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful Ward County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs>